Welcome to the Someone to Tell It To podcast. We started Someone to Tell It To in 2012, and all along, our philosophy has been to listen. Because our mission is to cultivate meaningful connections through compassionate listening and to train others to do the same, we thought it might be best to highlight both aspects, listening and training in a podcast. Both listening and training continue to catalyze this global listening movement where someone's voice is being heard. Someone is being reminded that they matter and someone doesn't need to feel alone in whatever they are facing. We'll be posting two episodes each month to start. One will highlight training because we can all benefit from learning how to become better listeners. The second will highlight how listening has played a vital role in an individual's journey. We are so excited to share these rich conversations with you. We've spent a lot of time trying to figure out what to call the people we listen to. You know, are they clients, friends, storytellers? Nothing quite fit. So we wanted a name that represented the type of relationship we try to build and the way we value those we listen to. But the fact is we struggled. We struggled to find a single word that could accomplish what we realized what we needed so in the end we were surprised to find the answer that was staring right at us someone someone with a story to share someone who needs a friend someone who is grieving angry lonely afraid or has questions about matters of faith someone who simply needs someone to listen we always hope to establish a mutual relationship between friends who are sharing life's journey together. So that means that you are someone. You have a story worth sharing. You have inherent worth. You deserve to be seen, heard, and known. It also means that we are someone. We have stories of our own. We value showing up and listening and compassion. We want everyone to know the joy of engaging in meaningful relationships. You'll see us using this refreshed terminology from now on. And when you see it or hear it, we hope it makes you smile. You are someone. Hi, I'm Sharon. And I'm Pensy. We are volunteers at Wondrous Sound Thrift Shop and proud sponsors of the Someone to Tell It To podcast. Wondrous Sound is a totally volunteer-run thrift shop begun to support our mission team as they rebuild homes in disaster areas. We also support local missions and people experiencing homelessness, veterans, and children and youth outreaches. We provide clothing and household items to families displaced by fire or flood. You can learn more at our website, mountcalvaryumc.org backslash wondersfound, or stop in to see what wonders you will find at 7810 Allentown Boulevard. God bless.
Sharice Johnson recently received the Woman of the Year Award from the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania chapter of the American Association of University Women for her work on youth development programs. Sharice is currently employed as a coordinator of youth development programs, mentor, and a coach at the Milton Hershey School in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Her work entails developing special programs centered on building character and leadership skills for hundreds of high school students. She has 15 years of experience in facilitation, leadership, and advocacy for community programs. Sharice is passionate about empowering others through her speaking opportunities. She holds a Bachelor of Science degree in social work from Delaware State University and is currently finishing her Master of Science degree in youth development leadership from Clemson University. Sharice and her husband, Kellen, are welcoming their first child in June, and they live in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And we also want you to know that Sharice serves on the board of directors of someone to tell it to, and we are so proud to have her on our team. So welcome, Sharice. So good to have you on the program today. How are you doing today? Thank you, guys. I'm excited to be here. So awesome. Thank you for having me. Those of you who are listening today, this this was a bit of a crunch for us because, as Michael mentioned, Sharice is pregnant, and she's due almost any day. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I am. <laughs> uh, hopefully, we make it through here. Right? It's like we need to do this now. Let's do it now. But but it is so good to have you on the program, Sharice. A few weeks ago, Michael and I had the privilege of supporting you when you had received the Woman of the Year Award. And we didn't know what to expect from the event that day, but we were happy to be there regardless. When we heard you share a portion of your story that day, we whispered to each other, we need to have her on the Someone to Tell It To podcast. You have such a compelling life story. Today, would you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Um, First of all, thank you guys so much for being there for me that day. Um, It really meant a lot to me. But my my compelling life story, (laughs) yes, my life has definitely had its ups and downs, mostly downs when I was younger, being that I could not control the environment in which I lived. My memories take me far back to living with my mother, stepfather, twin sister, and two younger sisters. During these years, my mom worked as a nurse. My stepfather worked odd jobs until finally he became completely unemployed. At this time, I recall experiencing a shift in a household with my stepfather being depressed and dependent on my mother to maintain the household finances. This is when my stepfather became a drug user. And later he introduced those drugs to my mother. I can remember playing around in the house and finding drug paraphernalia hidden around the house with my sisters. My, my sisters and I could even tell when they had been using because it left a stench in the air. We, you know, kids, they notice everything. They, they know what's going on. And eventually those drugs became overbearing and my mother could no longer manage to keep me and my sisters. One day it seemed like everything was fine. And then the next day, my twin sister and I were being dropped off at my grandmother's home. As my mother dropped us off, she told us we would be living with our father, a man who we've never met before. At eight years old, we were passed on to someone we considered to be a stranger. Could you imagine that? Living with a father 
was another life-changing experience. He had his own, his own family, his fiance, his teenage stepson. And at first it seemed like we were happy, we're a happy big family. My father tried to do the right thing by purchasing a home for us, big enough for all of us to fit together comfortably. He worked a lot, which meant that me and my sister were home with his fiance all the time. And when my father wasn't around, she wasn't too nice to us. I believe she harbored some negative feelings about us invading her family and her life. And when my father was around, it was only briefly. He spent a lot of time out of the house. He was either working or he was out drinking. At the age of 14, things changed drastically. Things got really intense in the household while my father was at work one evening. My soon-to-be stepmother hit me and bruised my face really bad. So my twin sister and I ran away. We ended up moving with our aunt for a few months. We went through the court process and testified against my stepmother. My father was given the option to choose to live with his kids or his other family. Thankfully, he chose his kids. Sis my sister and I didn't know it, but that would only be temporary. At the age of 15, my father decided he was he wasn't coming back home. He left us to be with his fiance and his stepson. Just imagine two teenagers coming home from a typical day of school to padlocks on the house doors. We didn't know it, but my father stopped paying the rent. My sister and I, we lost everything we owned. When I look back and think about it, I truly don't know how we kept living after that devastation, but somehow we went into survival mode. My sister went to live with her boyfriend and his family, and I did the same. We both worked two jobs. My sister had three jobs at one point. I learned the meaning of survival mode from her. At 16 years old, she was a straight-A student working multiple jobs and had an apartment with her boyfriend. 16 years old. We finished high school with honors, and without too many people knowing the obstacles we faced, we made it to graduation. People didn't even notice that me and my twin didn't live together. To this day, I give thanks to the family that took me in when I had nowhere to go. Internally, I knew I couldn't live with them forever, but I was determined not to be dependent on anyone anymore. This feeling of determination lit a fire under me. I decided that I wanted to go to college and I had no support from my mother or my father. So with that, I had to request a few reference letters from different adults that could speak to my character so that I could get approved for small state grants to help me pay for college. College was very hard to do alone without support, but I did it. And I graduated from Delaware State University with a 3.0. Fresh out of college, I worked two jobs until I came across the Milton Hershey School. And I've worked there since 2006. Just listening to that, Michael and I are looking at each other and just, gosh, all of the human emotions is wrapped up in, yeah. in that. Um, and for those who are listening, I mean, that was not edited. That was Sharice just telling her story. And it's so articulate. And you obviously have overcome so much in your life. And um, yeah, we're just humbled to have you on the program again. And, and thank you. For, for sharing that. What's that like to be able to, to say that openly? 
it's it's definitely hard. It's it's funny because um, a few years ago, I definitely came across a time where I thought to myself that there will come a point in time that I would actually share my journey. And um, with so many great things happening in my life today, um, I had that conversation with my mother and she gave me her blessing to share my story. And and she did it without me asking. She just said, you know, I know, you know, it's going to come up and, and I'm OK if you want to share it. And and I was very surprised. I was very touched and very happy that she supported me with sharing my my journey with other people, because I feel as though um, I'm here for a reason. I'm, I truly have a purpose in life to to share my story and to inspire other people. Can you? Tell us what you might be most proud of from your experiences and how what you've overcome. I would say that's a hard question for me because I'm very proud of how far I've come, but I'm most proud that I didn't let my environment in which I was raised define me. You can tell by looking at me that you can't tell by looking at me that my childhood was rough. You can't tell by looking at me that I didn't have a meal to eat growing up or even when I was in college, that I, I didn't have meals. You can't tell by looking at me that I spent many nights crying and praying for better days. But I believe my life experiences have prepared me for something greater. And, and with my students, I share that all the time, that you never allow your environment to define who you are. You can be so much better than that. Yeah, so if you could tell our listeners a little bit about your work that you do professionally, um, also a little bit about the Milton Hershey School for those who who may not know what it is. Well, the Milton Hershey School is a a boarding school. It's a residential um, educational school in Hershey, Pennsylvania. It provides for underprivileged youth. Currently, we have a about twenty two hundred students that attend the school from across the state, from across the United States. Um, some, I believe, are international as well. Um, it's for the, the young people that have a, a rough background and, and need better living, better education, better opportunities. Um, students that come to the school, uh, most of them come with nothing on, on their backs but what they have. And the school provides everything. We're talking medical, dental care you know, all the, the food and supplies that they would need as a young person to make it and to, to live in an environment, Milton Hershey School provides it. And my role there is to uh, mentor and provide uh, programs for our high school students. I work with nine through 12th grade students and I develop and create programs specifically tailored for them based on the needs for them. So if kids are experiencing some, some, uh, some things, maybe peer pressure, bullying, any things of, of that nature, they will come to me and say, Miss, are you interested in providing a program that focuses on this? Or um, we want to do something fun. Could you provide a program where we can, you know, express our talents? Or can you, can you do something for after school fitness? And I will do different kinds of activities after school like Zumba, uh, double dutch. I do all kinds of strength training and core exercises for the kids. 
just about anything that a normal kid would have, we provide at the Milton Hershey School. We're familiar with the school and, and the incredible and impactful reputation it has on the lives of young people. And it's, um, we just think there's, there's something very special about a person with your background who also had it rough, who would have been the kind of student Mm-hmm. that the Milton Hershey School would have taken in, uh, that, that you are using your pain and, and what happened to you in your life, uh, you know, be, beyond your control, you're using it to help other kids uh, to find a better life for themselves uh, as well. And we, we really want to applaud you for that because there's probably no one better to, in many ways, to, to help them and to encourage them and teach them than someone who's been in your position and who who can understand perhaps more than many others what it's like to be in their position. How many other employees know about your story that you work with? I'm not sure that any of them know, honestly. I, I do know some of the kids know my story. I don't share it openly. I only share it when I feel that it can be um, impactful in that current situation, um, when I feel like I need to express how we relate to each other. Um, So then I would share some experiences that I've had as a a young person. Many times uh, our students can't see the bigger picture uh, when they're going through things and they want to give up. They want to, you know, they want to go back home. They want to be home with their families and they don't see the great opportunity that the Milton Hershey School offers them. And then that's when I share with them that I wish I had the opportunity to be at Milton Hershey School. You know, this is my background and I wish I had that chance. You know, why give it up when you're you're here now? You know, take advantage of it. Take advantage of what's being given to you and the opportunities that you have right in front of you. And that's when it, they get it. You know, they, they're like, oh, you know, this is a great thing for me. You know, maybe I should consider staying. And so that's when I share my story with the kids, but I don't openly just share it with everyone. Sure. Have you ever been angry or resentful about the life experiences you've had? I mean, it seems to me that might be part of your, uh, your you know, the teaching that you do and the mentoring that you do that, you know, to, to help students get beyond the resent, resentment or the anger that they might feel. And, you know, how have you, how have you dealt with those kinds of thoughts and feelings? Many times I've asked myself the question, why me? You know, um, there are still times when I get sad about the things that I've experienced in life, but I do push beyond those feelings of rejection and hurt. And, and, you know, I just tell myself that I am strong, I am resilient, and one day I will have a powerful testimony that I hope to inspire others and, and not to dwell in those negative thoughts, but to build from them. You know, you can knock me over, but I'm going to stand back up, you know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> yes. So I, I share that openly with the kids that, you know, it's not always going to be easy, but you have to pick yourself back up. And if you don't want to be a product of your environment, you have to make the change. You have to break the cycle and it starts with you. You know, you're given this opportunity. So, you know, take advantage of it and make your life better than you ever could have dreamed it could be. And that's where I am in my life. You know, I've I've made those promises to myself that I will never live, you know, how I did when I was younger. I make sure that I will never um, put myself in a situation to where I won't have food 
or I won't have the necessities that I didn't have when I was younger. That's actually a pact that me and my twin sister made together when we were younger that, you know what, we're never going to be without, you know. So actually, as an adult, we buy in bulk. <laughs> we buy things in bulk so that we can never run out of things. And that's that's because of how we were raised. We were raised that we didn't have all those things. But as an adult, we have we try to make sure that we have everything that we need and we don't run out. Watch out, world. Here she yeah, comes. That's absolutely. <laughs> so this is, this is actually a very serious question we had for you. And as we were thinking about this interview, we just thought it was an important question to ask. So you're an African-American and you are female. And how has that shaped you as a leader? Have you ever felt discriminated against? And if so, how do you respond to that? Well, I, I personally feel like being a woman in today's world is hard. It's like we have to be perfect. Otherwise, it will be pointed out. <laughs> as an African-American woman, I feel like we are often overlooked for opportunities and in many cases made to feel incompetent. Um, yes, I've been held back from opportunities many times. That doesn't stop me um, because I know I have a greater purpose. You know, I, I see things like if, if it's not now, then it will be later. You know, so when God says it's my turn to shine, I know it will be the right time because because God uses me for his work. And that's what my mission is to do, is to do God's work. So if I am passed on opportunity, it's okay. You know, all right, you, you may not see me now, but you will see me later, you know, because God has a greater purpose for me here. Who are some of your heroes? You know, what, and what is it about them that inspires you? I think when when you hear the word hero, some people think of, you know, like stars or, you know, parents or things like that. But for me, it's my twin sister. Um, she was my first hero. She was my first hero. She was the one that taught me how to um, how to pick myself up, how to not let people see you cry when you're hurting. Um, to, to be stronger than what people expect of you. Um, there was a time in, when I was in college, again, I, I didn't have my mother and my father and my sister stayed home because she had my nephew, um, at a younger age at 19 years old. So she stayed home and I went to college and there came a point in time where the school said, um, you can't come back unless you pay this bill. And I didn't know where I was getting money from. You know, I didn't have mommy to call or daddy to call or anybody to call and ask for $2,000 so that I could stay in school. And I remember sharing it with my twin and she cut me a check. She wrote me a $2,000 check and, and I was able to stay in school. And because of that, I owe a lot to her. I owe a lot to her because it showed me that she would always be there for me that, you know, even though I don't have my parents, I do have someone and, and God placed her here with me on purpose, you know, so I wouldn't have to go through life alone. And I, I'm just very grateful for her. She's my first hero. My, my second and third hero would be my cheerleading coaches in high school. I had one coach that um, she had three kids of her own. And for holidays, she would 
bring me my twin sister gifts. I'm I'm talking gifts and big old bags, you know, just imagine a kid that never gets holiday gifts and someone that you admire walks in your house with gifts, you know, new clothes and and sneakers and and things to make you feel better about yourself, things to make you feel that, you know, loved and that you wouldn't be teased at school. That to me at that young age was everything, you know, and and I've I've thanked her so many times um, for that, but that to me showed how you could just pour your love and support into young people, and and it just is it's rewarding, you know. I I've learned from her, and I do it for my students. You know, I don't I don't buy gifts of sort of such things, but I I do spend time with them. And I, I give them, you know, lessons that I've learned in life. And I try to give them guidance because that's what my coaches did for me. Maybe on a future episode, we'll have your, your sister on. <laughs> it sounds like she's an incredible person that we're so yes, grateful for her role in your life. We have no doubt that you are a hero to her, too. We are very sure about that. We would not be surprised. Thank you, guys. So the accolades are starting to pile up for you. Is, <laughs> is there one acknowledgement or recognition that you're most proud of? Um, <clears throat> I would have to say um, receiving the 2018 Pennsylvania After School Champion Award was definitely a milestone in my career. Um, I was at a point in time where I was overworked. Um, I was exhausted, <laughs> you know, you come to a point where you're just like, you know, how long am I going to do this and, and not be seen for your work? You know, how long are you going to keep doing this and be passed over for opportunities? And when I won this award, it changed so much for me. It was now um, an opportunity to be seen, you know, it was, it, it changed everything for me. People at work, people across the state now knew me for my work. My work, was, it was shared with others and I felt like people could now see me. And, and that, was, that was amazing. It opened doors for me. It, I believe it shaped me as a leader to, you know, to be seen by other people. I was um, offered opportunities to speak at different places. I spoke at the PA State Capitol advocating for um, youth programs to state lawmakers. I spoke at the Rotary Youth Leadership Program. I mean, it, it offered me opportunity to just, you know, get out there and do greater things and not just for myself, but for other people. And I, I believe it, it just changed, it changed everything for me. That's wonderful. It really is. And we congratulate you for that award and for this, the others too. That, and Thank we know you. you're going to receive many, many more. <laughs> we just have no doubt about that. Mm. You know, since we are a listening organization, we want to ask you, how would you say listening helps you to create deeper bonds with the students uh, you work with? Yes. Um, sometimes, you know, all they need or want is someone to listen, Some, someone to hear them working with youth majority of the time they feel like they're constantly being told what to do and how to do it and if if they do it wrong you know they're in trouble 
or, or, you know, just things like that. So for me, I actually take time to listen to them. Sometimes they just want to know that their voice matters, you know, how they feel matters, what they think matters. And that's very valuable, you know, um, because they do have a voice. We, we as adults sometimes forget, you know, working with kids that it's all about them. It's not about us. You know, you're there, you have your job because of them, you know. So how are you going to impact them? How are you going to inspire them? How are you going to support them? And sometimes they just need someone to be there, you know, to listen to them, to, to hear their feelings. And many times they answer their own questions. You know, they just need your support. And so f for me, it's it's simple. You know, I don't have to teach them all the time. I just listen to them. And that's why we love having you on yeah. as <laughs> as a board, a board yeah. member for someone to tell it to. I was thinking back to a story in our first book of a, of a young guy, probably around your age, that we were working with because we were about to do his, his wedding. And we met him and his fiance in a restaurant to prepare for, for their wedding ceremony. And all of these uh, songs started playing on the radio in the background. And we didn't think he was paying attention and didn't even want to be there. And a song came on the radio and we recognized it and he was humming along mm -hmm. and we, we acknowledged him. Uh, we're surprised that you knew that song uh, because he looked like the last type type of guy who would ever be interested in that type of that like genre Frank of music Sinatra song Frank, yeah, Frank Sinatra yeah. <laughs> and he said actually I love musicals Broadway cats nice. all, all these Broadway shows that you just would never have anticipated we said you do <laughs> really and he said yeah I do but no one ever asks mm. or no one ever takes the time to listen mm. and and that story's always stuck with us because how many of us have been in that situation where we don't feel as if our voices matter or that our interests right. matter. Yeah. So we, we appreciate the fact that you do that with those girls. Mm -hmm. We have no doubt that that is forming in them a lasting bond. Yes. And uh, we, have a, we have a very personal question, uh, more personal than, than the others. You know, as we mentioned, you're about to become a mother for the very first time any day now. Um, what are some of the important life lessons that you would like your child to know? Wow. Um, I would say, <laughs> I would say first, I would want my child to be a happy child. Um, one that is raised in an environment that is um, safe and supportive of the things that they want and they enjoy. Um, I, I want them to find true happiness in life because when you find happiness, you find your purpose. So at a young age, I, I would want my child to experience new things, you know, try different things and find out what interests them, you know, because that, that brings joy to your life. When you do things that makes you happy, you know, it brings just a natural joy. And I, I want them to be happy and, and very happy and just full of joy and full of purpose and and just know that they have um, a support system around them, not just with their parents, but with their their family. You know, I believe that um, it it takes a village to raise a child. So not just at home, but in the schools, 
and, you know, and after school programs and whatever they choose to do, that they have a supportive community around them is what I would want for my child. Well, we already know that you're just going to be a fantastic mom and we're cheering you on. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on the Someone to Tell To podcast, Sharice. We are delighted to have you as one of our board members and your story is going to inspire so many who are listening and if you would like to reach out to Sharice, I'm sure she would be happy to to connect with you and to listen to you and to support you and to be your cheerleader because that's the type of person that she is. Sharice, we're so grateful. Again, thank you so very much. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. So thanks for tuning in to the Someone to Tell It To podcast today. You can find us wherever podcasts are posted. Uh, you can also find us through our website, someone to tell it to.org.